Last November, his medals have been confiscated. BBC News. Following the death of the Gardener's Question Time panellist John Cushney at New Year, we've a special edition looking back at his 15 years on the programme. It's presented by Eric Robson and includes a chance to hear John's last appearance on the Gardener's Question Time stage. Gardener's Question Time pays tribute to John Cushney on BBC Radio 4 this Friday afternoon at 3. A history of the world. One of the great discoveries for me was that actually as soon as we start making things, we start making beautiful things. That it looks as though even one and a half million years ago, we want things to be beautiful, we want them to be complicated, and we want that just as much, apparently, as wanting them to be fit for purpose. A history of the world in a hundred objects begins next week on BBC Radio 4. Weekday mornings at a quarter to ten and again in the evening at a quarter to eight. We're now on BBC Radio 4. The writer John Ronson continues his series by thinking about small talk. This week's episode is John Ronson on When Small Talk Goes Wrong. This is a cautionary tale about what happens when small talk spirals out of control. Denis Fillion is from Quebec. As a child, he was poor and bullied, but clever, and he won a scholarship to a posh school. I was basically the first of three children, so I had to wear shoes that would be bought two, three sizes too large. So I would end up going to school with shoes that were too large or a sport jacket that was too large or not fancy enough, and people would pick on me. I was poor, and I looked poor, and I behaved poor. Denis' father was a construction worker and he had to drop his son off at school at 5am each morning on his way to the building site, two hours before the school caretaker would arrive to let him in. I spent those two hours, first of all, shivering, because <laughs> it was cold. Second of all, you know, looking at my breath, imagining dragons and stuff like that. You know, I was like 13, 14 years old. Yeah. And making stories to keep myself busy. And did you start telling stories to other people like you'd make stuff up? These stories I would not tell to other people. These were like fantasy stuff, you know, like dragons and night, like Dungeons and Dragons type of thing. Denis left school, became a paleontologist, developed ME and had to quit work. His marriage broke down and he started staying in a lot. He discovered the internet. This was all the way back in 1999, the early days. Specifically, he discovered Anantec. It was a forum for computer nerds to discuss the latest hardware. Yeah, I liked it because it was a big world that was open to me, although I became bullied again, you know. You, you say things that don't fit. So I was a bit of a black sheep again. Well, like on a, f on a forum or, or something? On a forum, yeah. I was expressing myself in a language, in a written language that was too formal for some people. So what, they thought you were hoity-toity? Yeah, basically, yeah. They say, why don't you use language we can understand? Like lol. <laughs> like lol. Nowadays, I talk like that on the internet. It's taken me a decade, but I was basically too academic. Okay. And I would post those very long posts, you know, in threads and stuff like that, very detailed. And people would just say, you know, you know yawn. Yeah, yeah. This is Vapor. His real name's Jeff. He was a fellow poster on the Anantec forums. He craved attention, 
and he did a lot of things to attract attention to himself. And um, people responded to that. And I think that to a certain extent, I wanted to pop that bubble a little bit. I just wanted to make sure that sometimes he was reminded that, you know, not everybody always appreciated the way he acted and behaved. I imagine he was a kind of cattle pen of nerdy people yelling at each other. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a very good description, actually. The internet back then was primarily for two purposes. One was for pornography, and the other one was for arguing with other people. Hang on, three purposes, right? Pornography, arguing with other people, and, and looking yourself up. Oh, well, that was very difficult back in 1999. There was no such thing as Google, or Google was very rudimentary at the time, and so it was very difficult to even look yourself up. Gosh, that's what the narcissists do. Obviously, the kind of <laughs> the, the sexual deviants and the, you know, irrationally angry people were sorted, but what about the narcissists? <laughs> well, that came later, I guess. Yeah, I guess they were just looking at themselves in the mirror till Google formed. That's correct. Yeah. It was all men on the Anantec forums. There were no women. There was also an undercurrent of misogyny that was very strong, in part due to the age and the group of people that are there, you know, late teenagers or maybe people in their early 20s, the so-called nerds and techies and stuff like that who don't get a chance to be with a real woman in real life, you know, some of them. So instead they just kind of sit there slugging them off. Yeah, you know, that actress is no good. She's got pointy knees. I'd never do her, blah, 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 that kind of thing. Someone will post a picture and say babe thread or something like that, you know, and people will post a picture of a beautiful actress, let's say Angelina Jolie, you know, and people will say, yeah, she's pretty. And the current phrase is, I'd hit it, which I personally don't like. Hit it. I'd hit it, yeah. Basically means I'd do the nasty with her or whatever, you know, and make love to her. I tried to do something about it. Right. First of all, I wanted to feel like what it was like to be a woman on this forum. So you decided to become a woman? Yeah, in part, yeah. You decided to create, so, to invent a woman poster? I invented a woman, yeah, not a girl, a woman, so she had to be somewhat mature to try to see what it feels like to be there. And after a while, it became a bit of a mission to try to portray her as a strong woman who has a mind of her own, doesn't really care what other people say and will reply to you, you know, and basically portray a strong woman to try to fight what I perceive as the misogyny on the forum. What was her name? Her name was Nowhere Mum. Nowhere Mum? Yeah, which immediately said that she was a mum. To me, that was important, you know. She had a daughter called Agneta, Uh and uh, the child, I think, was like eight or nine years old. I had really fleshed out the character, She had little quirks, a special way of writing, special misspellings that were consistent. What did she look like? She was blonde and had a kind of girl-next-door look, like Renée Zellweger type of thing. Do you remember when Nowhere Mum first appeared on the forums? At a certain point, she kind of had become a fixture on the forum. I guess my main recollection was that she was flirtatious. And, uh, you know, as a supposedly attractive female on a a bulletin board that was populated primarily by computer nerds, so to speak, that attracted a lot of attention, definitely. It must have been like a bolt of lightning from the blue. Well, uh, 
I don't know if I'd go so far as to describe her as a force of nature, but there is definitely something that stood out about her. What was her first post? She just jumped into a thread about something else and replied to it. And then people say, oops, a woman. You know, and all the alarms went out and, she, and people started asking her questions. So were people being, like, especially nice to her? Were people being mean to her? People were very especially nice to her. There were a couple of people who were... Were they all going, come not, in, come in? Not too fond. And uh, she, very rapidly, she received private messages asking for, you know, uh, you real and you have naked pictures of you, things like that. I mean, it happened, like, within, like, a couple of days, you know. <laughs> To protect Nowhere Mom from all the unwanted attention, Denise started switching between his avatar, his persona, and hers. I flirted with myself as her on the internet, basically. We had a little banter going on, you know, and it was quite a lot of fun, actually, yeah. for people to read. So you must have happened to have been just her type. Oh, I, would, I was her type, yeah. <laughs> Did she find everything you say just hilarious? She just happened to agree with me a lot. Let's just say that, you know. And uh, I'm sure there's a couple of times where she d did not agree with me, you know, but... Uh, Think you'd win around. Oh, yeah. You know, people were noticing that we were getting closer. <laughs> but uh, the thing is, uh, I posted a picture of her, a, a headshot. <laughs> where did you find the picture? I found that headshot. Well, one of the things I discovered when I started going on the Internet really quickly was porn. Right. So I, I discovered all those erotic sites with thumbnails and everything. So I just took a picture of one of those uh, amateur ladies and just cropped the head and just used the head. The romance did start to blossom. And were they jealous? Um... I think there was just one person who emailed me or something like that or, or wrote me a personal message saying, you know, lucky you, I wish it was me or something like that. Do you remember what you replied? Mm, well, I think I replied just lucky me. We're always making decisions about how to behave on the internet when we're alone in our rooms and Denise's decisions were about to get a lot worse. It can easily happen to any of us. Here's the comedian Josie Long. I was on my own in the house the other day and I was on YouTube again and because I like to party and there was um there's this I found these videos that were horrible which were people reacting to watching a video that Russian neo Nazis have put up of themselves murdering a man. Right. And it was so sad. What, what was the keyword that you put in to get to that video? No, I didn't find that specifically. I was watching something else, and then it said related videos. And I think it's because what I was watching was like an internet phenomenon. You know those viral phenomenons? I think it was like the guy... The sneezing like, panda. Exactly. Or like the baby biting the baby's finger. And Charlie bit me. me. Yeah, yeah. That's sweet. <laughs> it's adorable. So if you enjoy Charlie bit me, you, you might, might enjoy, enjoy watching people watching a Russian... Watching two men kill a man, yeah. So it was like related videos, and it's called like I, was, I don't know if I should even specify it because yeah, I don't want people to. Yeah. So I was watching these people reacting to it, and it upset me so much. And this part of my head went, "No one's in. No one would know. You could watch it." And I was like, "I don't think I can." And then I was just sitting there wrestling with myself, going. 
why can't you watch it? What's wrong with you? And I was like, because then I will have seen two people murdering something. Like, I'll be complicit in it. And I was just going, yeah, but don't be such a square. Like, these teenagers have been watching it. And, like, that old man watched it. There's no reason for you not. But there was something in me that was just... Because I was raised really religiously. And I think I'm never going to shake the feeling that I'm being watched the whole time. And also, I'm just... Well, I was quite proud of my character because I was like, for some reason I resisted this and it must be the reason that I can stay faithful to my partner when I'm away. There's good reasons. I've developed this weird call. But then this other part of me was like, there's no one here. No one will ever know. You could get away with it, you know. You didn't watch that the first no, 20 seconds? No, I didn't even go. I found the website and then I was just like, I can't do this. I can't. Because that's it then. You've done it. You've seen that happen and then you've let yourself down. Josie Long. Back in Quebec, Denis was beginning to weave a web that was so tangled he was bound to get himself trapped in it. He told the forum that his imaginary girlfriend, Nowhere Mom, was going to spend Christmas with him, just the two of them, at his house. So when she came to visit you, where did you take her? Uh, we kind of stayed home and posted on the forums. <laughs> so you stayed home and posted, and I hate to ask you this question, Denny, but did you and her on that trip uh, become intimate? Um, yeah, I would think so. I'm not sure uh, how I described it online, but uh, something did happen. I call this number, call this number. So did your relationship become like the talk of the forum? For some people it was, yeah. For some people it was the talk of the forum because it was like a soap opera. Like I said, I gave enough details and colour to the persona and the surroundings that it made it look real, but it made it look too real to some people. And actually it started getting a bit real for me also. What do you mean by that? So I was starting to become attached to my character. She was starting to take an air of reality even for me. Denise's lies were spiralling out of control and it all began with his fumbled attempts at some innocent online small talk. All sorts of things can go wrong with small talk. It's a complicated minefield. Here's the writer, Charlie Brooker. I think the worst situation you can be in is a house party where you don't know many people. I'm usually standing there thinking, I'm not good at small talk, I'm boring them, I'm being boring, I'm being negative, I wish I was good at parties, I wish I was good at this. It's like performance anxiety, because it is a sort of strange sort of performance that you're having to do. I do it really badly. Quite recently I was um, at a house party with my wife, mm-hmm. and the person whose party it was came up to me and said, you know, would you like, you know, holding like a tray of canapes, and said, you know, would you like a canopy? And I said, no, thank you. I'm going to have cereal when I get home. And I saw my wife from, like, across the room sort of mouthing frantically at me, you know, be more general. (laughs) (laughs) And I kind of went, what? Your small talk, make it more general. (laughs) And then she kind of came over to me, she kind of stormed over to me across the room and said, nobody cares if you're going to have cereal when you get home. Nobody cares. And then sort of left again. (laughs) 
<laughs> She's right. Well, yeah, she was absolutely right, and it was a it was awkward small talk. I've had to be coached in small talk before because I just don't know what do you say to people, and I'd find myself moaning, yeah. and it was just a defensive mechanism. I'd stand in a corner going, "I hate things like this." Oh, my feet hurt. You know, just this relentless torrent of negativity that entertains no one. And um, I was coached in because uh, I who, find who did small the coaching. Talk- this is just a couple of friends of mine said, look, you know, it's easy. Yeah, everyone knows that it's small talk. It's just a little social dance that everyone's doing. It's quite simple. What you do, if it's a Monday or a Tuesday, you ask people what they did at the weekend. <laughs> if it's a Thursday or a Friday, you ask if they've got any plans for the weekend. And if it's a Wednesday, God knows, you know, you're on your own. That actually did get me over a hump. Charlie Brooker. Back in Quebec, in a frenzy of inept internet small talk, Denis Fillion had created an imaginary girlfriend. A single mother called Nowhere Mom with a daughter called Agnetta. And he told his online acquaintances that they'd had a lovely time together at his house over Christmas. After she had come to visit me for officially five days and then went back to Newfoundland, a friend of mine on the forum wrote to me an email or private messages and something is waiting for us to attend our wedding, our marriage. And that made all kinds of alarms ring in my head because that could never happen. Mm. So I had to find a way to end the hoax. And um, all I had to do was basically to either come clean right away and, and say, sorry, guys, there'll be no marriage. It doesn't exist. You know, or maybe say, well, a bit later, just make her split with me and never reappear on the forum. Mm. You know, but it's easy to say in retrospect. What Denis actually did was post the following message on the forum. I've got it in front of me, but I don't know if I should read that, because that's pretty... If it's possible, I'd I'd really like you to read it, but... Okay, I can try. Okay. It's very shameful for me to read, though. Ah! I just got a phone call from Mr. Anderson, her father. He said that it was very windy and there was some freezing rain along the coast... And they were walking back from Magneta's school and that they were at the bottom of a hill in a curve, walking on the roadside, and then the car went too fast downhill and missed the curve and hit them. He said that Agneta was killed instantly, but that nowhere mom survived for a while, and that she died on the way to the hospitals, too many internal injuries. Basically, she hemorrhaged internally. He was called to identify them, the guy who killed them lives only two houses away and is uh, in his late 70s. What was he doing down the road driving in adverse conditions? I'd strangle him with my bare hands. And then I kept on going, I'm so sad, what will I do? She was the light of my life. She was so young, so sweet, so full of life and hope. We were going to mend our lives together. Now she's been taken away from me. She shone like a beacon and now there's only darkness. All we had was nine days together. I wanted a lifetime. I never got a chance to meet Agneta. I'm so depressed. I can't cry because I know when I start, I will wail. But my eyes hurt so much. I can't keep all the tears in and it's dripping down my chin. I'm so angry I could kill a million people and even then she wouldn't come back. Why does life suck so much? Why us? Why us? Why us? We were so happy for crying out loud. We had projects, we were so similar, we liked the same things, laughed at the same stuff. Oh, me, 
We thought so alike that we could end each other's sentence on the phone. We talked just last night and I never got a chance to say goodbye. Why, oh, why, oh, why is life so unfair? Uh, and that's the end of the accident post. Well, you know what that sounds like. Sounds like you meant it. Yeah, well, the thing is, even just reading it now, it brought tears to my eyes still. So I can see how it affected people. Were people really upset about her death? A lot of people expressed their grief. They were really taken. I got a lot of emails from people sending their sympathies and condolences. A lot of people had become very fond of her. Mm. So when she passed, some people were really affected. And I hadn't thought of that at all. Killing the child was, I think, the biggest mistake of the hoax. Mm. Well, at least she died instantly. She died instantly. But for me, I don't have a child. I have never had children. So I had never realized how it would affect the people on the forums who are parents. The forum was incredibly upset by the news of the two deaths. They'd grown to love nowhere, Mom, with all her little quirks and misspellings, and her daughter was so young. There was a kind of a communal outpouring of grief, and I recall asking if there was some place we could send flowers, you know, where was the funeral going to be, something along those lines. And what was the answer to that? I seem to recall that maybe there was, like, he would check with the family and, and let us know or something. Every once in a while, someone else would post a thread saying, do you remember Nowhere Mom? Do you remember Daniel's grief? And things like that. You know, I miss Nowhere Mom. One forum member even started making a, an internet memorial for her. So basically a place where there would be a, a picture of her with music. The music was by Eric Clapton, Tears in Heaven, just the music, not the lyrics. It was a purple background, and the picture in the middle of the, there was the, the crop headshot from the porno photograph. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Which was the only photograph that they had of her, you know. So there's some absurdity in it, you know. Yeah, there is. And I thought that would be the end of it, but it was not to be. In the midst of all the grief, just one poster had his suspicions. Vapor. I was suspicious. I had been suspicious for quite a while. I mean, the fact that, you know, he used the headshot of a pornographic actress in her profile. But nobody knew when she was alive that her picture was that of a porn actress, did they? Uh, well, you know... You know, it would have been a big coincidence if somebody had recognised her profile picture, I'd assume, because there are, you know, two billion porn actresses on the internet. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, it's a little embarrassing, but I recognised her, and so that's uh, something I, you know, I'll admit freely, but I doubt I was the only one. Or, you know, if I was, maybe I was the only one that made the connection. I don't know. Did you bring this up? Uh, no. At one point, you decided to do some serious investigation. Uh, yeah, serious. 
I did try and find several newspapers from around the area where she supposedly lived. It was Newfoundland, wasn't it? Newfoundland, yes. Yeah. Looking for some mention of a, a traffic accident or an obituary, and I wasn't really able to locate anything. And so that combined with the uh, you know lack of response about some place to send a proper memorial and the fact that I had other suspicions just led me to the conclusion that the whole thing was fake. Once I made the accusation, it was basically, I was pretty much run out of town on a rail. Oh, really? Yeah. I, uh, People thought you were sullying her memory by saying that yeah, there was no memory yeah. to sully. I, I just remember that it got really unfriendly for me there. Six months passed. Denis thought it was all over. He even started flirting with an actual female poster called Wombat Woman. He had no idea that Vapor, obsessed with bringing him down, on his tail. He emailed the moderators with his evidence and demanded they took action. Some of the moderators kind of forced him to admit it. They, you know, confronted him with some of the information and basically said that unless you come forward and apologize, uh, you know, we're going to have to ask you to, to leave. And apparently that's what he did. And so it was that eventually Denis was forced to post a confession. I come here today to reveal that I have deceived this community and deceived myself into believing that I was doing the right thing. So in, in October 1999, I created a cyber persona called Nowhere Mum. I started this simply as a joke and to see what I would feel like for a woman to post on the forums. I had never expected the grief that overcame this community. It even overcame me, and I sobbed for three days as if she had been real. Is that true? That is true. I even mourned for six months before I let myself court Wombat Woman. There was another uh, member. In July 2000, a member named Vapor uncovered evidence of the hoax and revealed it to a few people. Instead of coming clean, still believing that the hurt to our community would be too great, I denied the whole thing. Vapor was vilified and ostracized for this. To him, I can only offer my sincere apology, for I am truly sorry for the way he was treated on this matter. I sincerely apologize to everybody involved or hurt in this matter. A falling star fell from your heart and landed in my eyes. Well, you seem like a truthful person now. Yeah, uh, it's very hard for me to tell a lie now. This whole thing was a bit of an epiphany for me. Since this happened, I have kind of conditioned myself not to lie. It's a bit like in Clockwork Orange, you know, when Alex DeLarge is forced to see, you know, Nazi movies and later he feels like vomiting at, at the mere sight of violence, yes. you know. So uh, I actually do feel sometimes hints of nausea just at the thought of telling a tall tale. Denise still posts quite a lot on the Anantech forum these days, but they're quite adorably simple-hearted now, his posts. Uh, his last post that I found was on the 19th of November 2009, and it just simply said, pics I took during my walk today, and it's photographs of ducks 
and seagulls and trees. He says, I walk six kilometres every day, unless it's raining. And then three days later, on the 22nd of November 2009, he posts nice pictures of marine life. He's very good at telling a tale, there's no doubt about it. I don't think I uh, harbour any dislike of him. I don't lie awake at night cursing his name, but I certainly have no desire to reunite with him and go over the glory days or anything like that. Everybody does something stupid. The fact is I did something incredibly stupid in an incredibly public way. So I hurt not only myself, I hurt a lot of other people, you know. But when I wanted people to understand it, I have changed. And this made me a better person, you know. And everybody does stupid things. Yeah, except most of them people don't hear about or read about on the Internet. It's not part of Internet history. I heard your heart beating, you were in the darkness too. So I stayed in the darkness with you. John Ronson on When Small Talk Goes Wrong was presented by the writer John Ronson. It was produced by Laura Parfit and Simon Jacobs.